Hey there, I'm Edwina Kennedy, registered pediatric dietitian and mom of two, and this is the My Little Eater podcast. Each week, I'll be dishing out all the best info on feeding and nutrition for your baby and toddler, answering all of your what do I do when scenarios, and helping you gain complete confidence in not only feeding your child, but in parenting as well. Every episode is filled with actionable and proven feeding strategies delivered by a mama and a feeding expert who's been there and done that. I hold your hand and take you step by step through all stages of feeding while showing you how to implement what I teach you so that you can raise a happy and healthy little eater of your own. Let's do this. Well, hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode. Today we're talking about feeding schedules for toddlers. Uh, Last week we actually talked about feeding schedules for babies. So we did uh, 6 to 12 months of age. And now this week we are moving on to one year and up. And uh, really if you have a preschooler or a school age child as well, this information that I'm talking about today will still go as well. So don't feel like this information will not apply to you. All right, so as most of you know, I work with parents of picky toddlers all the time. I work with parents of toddlers who aren't really sure how to cope with common mealtime scenarios, as I like to call them, or problems, and they just want to know how to manage feeding their toddlers. And it's really hard, you know, to know where to start when, you know, it seems like there's this myriad of issues that's always kind of coming up. So today, I'm bringing up the topic of feeding schedules, which is the root cause of many parents' concerns that I see when it comes to mealtime behavior. Unbeknownst to them, of course, but it really is the root cause of so many problems. And it's also a topic that has been the cause of much controversy over how to teach children to have a healthy relationship with food. So I know I've talked about this topic on Instagram before. I've written blog posts on it. And I inevitably get a lot of parents who, uh, I guess, misunderstand some of the information and feel like it's, you know, moving away from teaching mindful eating by having some type of feeding schedule. But as I'm going to explain this in this episode, it's actually quite the opposite. This is very much in alignment with mindful eating practices. And it's one of the best ways that we can teach our children to have good mindful eating skills. So before we start, let me paint you a picture of a few different scenarios where feeding schedules are required to be implemented. If you ask me, these are prime time opportunities to implement a feeding schedule and it will fix a lot of the problems. So scenario number one, a parent is frustrated with their toddler not eating anything at mealtimes. It might be a regular battle at the dinner table to get your child to just try and eat something, anything off of his or her plate. So perhaps you call them to the table, but they declare, I'm not hungry and they don't want to eat. Or maybe they do eat a couple bites here and there, but hardly enough to consider it a meal's worth. They seem healthy enough, they're growing, but their pickiness at mealtimes is driving you insane. All right, scenario number two. A child is asking for snacks 24-7. Sometimes you give in, other times you don't, or at least you try and hold out for as long as you can. But seriously, the whining, the asking, the begging will not stop. Scenario number three. A child who is gaining a lot of weight. Maybe they're surpassing their growth curve and you really aren't sure why. 
Perhaps they're preoccupied with food. Um, They're feeling like they need to hoard it sometimes or they ask for food all of the time. And it feels like they're not eating much each time, but you really just want to figure out how to help them with their excessive weight gain. Scenario number four, a child who was underweight. They again barely eat at mealtimes and they never seem to have an appetite for anything besides a few goldfish crackers and a portion of yogurt. You desperately try to sneak in a bite of food whenever you can, hoping that you can get some calories in if you can catch them in a good mood where they'll accept it. So all of these situations, although they might seem totally unrelated or different, can actually be solved greatly in part by just implementing a feeding schedule. Now, a lot of the times, except for maybe the case of the child who wants to eat all the time, many parents I deal with automatically jump to the conclusion that they have a picky eater, which they might, but hear me out. When it comes to eating food at mealtime specifically, did you know that the number one reason why most kids just aren't eating is because they're actually just not hungry. And did you know that the number one reason why they're not hungry is because they're likely snacking on too much throughout the day? It's really true. So the snacking or grazing phenomenon we've created, especially within these past two generations, is quickly becoming out of control. So in 2010, there was a study that was done and it was shown that kids are actually snacking an average of three times a day in comparison to an average of once a day just a few decades ago. And the biggest increase is shown in kids aged between two and six years old. So why is this such a problem? Well, for one, more snacking usually equals more overall calories that are consumed. So research has shown that up to 586 extra calories per day can be consumed through snacking. So it's no wonder that kids aren't hungry at mealtimes. And it's no wonder that kids are more prone to obesity in this generation over all others. Not to mention that having constant snacks around means that it's more likely they'll have to be packaged. Usually that means it's less healthy. And that's just because of the fact that, you know, if snacking is expected to happen so frequently throughout the day, we need something quick and easy to offer them. Secondly, when children are constantly grazing on snacks all day, even when they're healthy snacks, they fail to develop the proper hunger cues that tell their bodies when they need to eat and when they are full and satisfied. When kids are being constantly fed little bits over the course of the day, their stomachs are never entirely empty, and so they really have little experience knowing what it's like to be truly hungry. A healthy child should be able to recognize the symptoms telling him or her that they need to eat and have developed proper self-regulation to know when to stop eating. So if they approach the dinner table without any of these cues, they're not going to feel the least bit compelled to eat what's in front of them. And this might lead them to play with the food instead of taste it, they'll scowl, they'll turn away, or immediately just want to be let down from the table. And parents may look at this and think that they have this picky eater on their hands when really it's just that they really don't feel the urge to eat because they're never really allowed to build up a true hunger. So in this way, snacking on demand or grazing is one good way to undo the innate appetite regulation skills that babies and toddlers have ingrained in them from birth. It actually promotes more mindless eating versus mindful eating. So if your toddler sees that a highly palatable snack is available anytime they ask for it, they will of course turn to that snack in much the same way that adults turn to mindless snacking when we're ignoring our fullness cues. So our kids are going to learn to eat because it's there, it's available, because it's become a habit, let's say, to eat in front of the TV or 
or eat when we're on the road or whatever it might be because maybe it's highly palatable or maybe because they just can't decipher their feelings of tiredness, sadness, crankiness, etc. And so they turn to food as a form of comfort. In fact, toddlers don't always know what it means to be hungry or to be full. When we ask them, they will of course try their best to associate the feeling they have in their stomach with the words that they know in their vocabulary, but they're going to get it wrong most of the time. And so immediately responding to the words, I'm hungry, as if it actually means true hunger from a toddler, is actually acting prematurely and from an emotional space rather than from good sense. Now, I just want to note, there are lots of ways to teach hunger and fullness to toddlers and kids, but we're going to leave that for another podcast episode for another time. Now, finally, when kids know that they're going to be receiving a snack on demand, they're often going to choose to forgo a meal, even if they are hungry, and they're going to hold out for that snack that they know is coming very soon after. Many times, kids actually use the excuse that they're full and don't want to eat anymore, only to ask for a snack just minutes later. And this is because they know that there will be a snack on demand and would rather just wait until then so that they can get another, likely yummier, food option. So they're pretty smart kids. They're not conniving, but they're just doing what they've been taught that they can do. And here also begins the power struggle between parents and toddlers when they're able to ask for a snack or eat meals on demand. Okay, so what can parents do? Well, the absolute best thing, as I mentioned earlier, as you're probably guessing, best thing parents can do is allow their kids to feel what hunger really means, of course within reason, by maintaining a general feeding schedule. So for all the reasons mentioned, but particularly for mindfulness. So toddlerhood is a time for learning how to consciously tell the difference between hungry or maybe being angry or tired or needing a hug. And it's our job to help them with this. And it's an important one. And though it might take some trial and error to learn all of their signs and signals and teach them how to recognize those feelings for themselves, it will be much easier for you to not feed for emotional reasons if you just stick to scheduled meal and snack times. So what do I mean by feeding for emotional reasons? Well, oftentimes us parents fear hunger. Like, we're terrified of it. If our toddler even so much as hints that they could be hungry, there is no way we cannot act. And it's instinctual. It's normal. But, you know, we leave the house with a bag stashed full of snacks out of fear that, you know, we're not going to have anything to give them the immediate moment that they ask for a snack. And I get it. Part of it is wanting to protect them from any discomfort or harm. But know this. Even if it really is true hunger and it's not them being just confused with the feelings of being bored or angry or whatever it might be, hunger is not an emergency. So let me just repeat that. Hunger is not an emergency. In fact, we need to start seeing the good side of a little bit of hunger. Now we're not talking about starvation, FYI, they cannot starve in two hours. But we're talking about allowing their stomach to be empty and build up a true appetite for the next meal. To digest. To rest. Those are all great things. That's how we're actually evolved to be. And when they can rest and digest, then they can learn what being full means once food is actually around. They can start to understand, oh, I need to eat to this point so that I'm full, so that I can last until the next meal or snack time. That's what's called appetite regulation, and that is what we want to teach them. 
And remember that with scheduled meals and snacks, there is always another eating opportunity coming around. That's actually the beauty of a feeding schedule is that toddlers and older kids will learn to build trust and security in their parents that food is always going to be offered at regular intervals and it's timed out well and food's going to be offered before they even really get to a point of uncontrollable hunger. Of course, we want to avoid that point. In fact, there won't ever be a need to even ask for snacks in the situation that they're truly, truly hungry because you're already ahead of it. They know it, you know it, and everyone can relax. Now, even so, sometimes as parents, we get so stressed out about the thought that our child might have to wait half an hour or an hour to eat, that even if they feel a touch of true hunger, we're often sooner willing to offer them some chips or candy rather than wait half an hour for a healthy, nourishing snack or meal just to avoid this ultra-feared feeling of being a bit hungry. But I'm going to ask that we don't pass on this fear to our kids that we often battle with ourselves. Let's just show them that it's okay to have a little bit of hunger, to not feel completely full at all times, to be patient, to control our blood sugar levels by eating balanced meals at regular intervals, and to wait rather than rush to eat anything in sight because the next eating opportunity is going to be just around the corner. So let's just talk now about what this structure or schedule could actually look like. So within the context of meals and snacks, part of the structure means having scheduled and consistent snack times each day in between meals. Now this does not mean that it can't be flexible day to day, but it does need to be there. Because toddlers' stomachs are so small, typically they need to eat about every two to three hours to keep themselves full. So for that reason, it makes sense to have a snack in between each meal and sometimes before bedtime. So about six small meals per day. Now, school-age children have the capacity to eat and fill their bellies much more at mealtime. So they really only need to eat every three to four hours. So for example, breakfast could be at 7.30 a.m., lunch could be at 11.30 a.m., snack at 3.30 p.m., dinner at 6 30 p.m and unless bedtime is more than two or three hours past dinner time there's really no need for a bedtime snack to be offered so outside of the scheduled meal or snack times it's crucial to let your kids know that snacks will not be given out so this means that if your child refuses a meal or a snack or just doesn't eat enough they can and they will have to wait until the next feeding time to eat again Keep in mind also that drinking too much milk throughout the day can contribute to feeling too full. So while milk is extremely nutritious, toddlers over 12 months of age should have no more than around two cups of milk each day. So I recommend offering only water in between meals and snacks so that they have an opportunity to build up an appetite before given a chance to eat an actual meal or snack. And I've got to say here, A lot of times we feel a little bit of tension, maybe we're feeling a little bit hesitant about, you know, again, making our child wait, or maybe we're thinking, is this cruel? Like, is this okay? But I want to tell you something. By not allowing your child to graze or eat on demand, no, I do not think it's cruel or any form of punishment because we're not doing this in a mean way, remember. It's just making it possible for your toddler to be successful with eating. This is a good thing. You want them to come to the table 
hungry, but not famished. We're not getting to that point where they're actually in pain or really suffering, right? We just want them to learn to know how much to eat to fill them up at meals and snacks, what it truly means to eat enough in one sitting to be satisfied. So much like making sure that they get enough sleep, it's our job as parents to help them learn to regulate their appetite. So yes, you or we, us parents, we need to get ahead of the game a little bit and be ready to offer food regularly. So we're going to anticipate the need for a snack or a meal at these general times and we're going to offer it regardless of whether they even say they're hungry or if they're full. Now, this is something that not a lot of people realize. We are going to keep to that trusted, regular schedule. And if they decide to decline it, that is no problem. But we're going to get ahead of it and not wait until a meltdown has happened to then start thinking about, oh, yeah, I need to offer a snack or, you know, maybe now it's time to serve the meal. So just to be really clear here, there is no forcing them to eat only teaching them that food will regularly come around at routine times and that in between those feeding times, we do other things. So when we talk about implementing feeding schedules, parents tell me that the hardest part is dealing with an unhappy, whining, maybe even screaming toddler who does not like waiting to eat at set times. You know, they asked for it and they want it now. And the constant battle is what makes parents give in and offer the snack on demand just to avoid the exhaustion and the difficult behavior. And that's fair enough under certain circumstances this is totally understandable and sometimes we do just need a break but the issue with making this a regular occurrence can easily become a problem in overall feeding just like I mentioned at the very beginning of this episode so while it might seem easier to avoid any potential temper tantrums and just give in with a snack when they ask for it it really isn't worth it trust me It only takes a day or two to establish a new routine with your child and as long as you're confident, firm, you're consistent, they will quickly understand and adjust to the new schedule quite happily even. So here are my solutions for how to do this. First off, create a general feeding schedule. So start with basing it off of their wake times and maybe even the time that you might have to leave the house in the morning. So sometimes you might even have to make sure it coincides with daycare feeding schedules. So I like to offer food within the first half hour or maybe hour max after waking up. If you don't, I'm likely willing to bet that your toddler will be coming to you first asking for milk or asking for food. So get ahead of it. Remember, you are the one who's choosing when meals and snacks will be offered. So for example, if your toddler wakes up at 7 a.m., breakfast can be served at 7.30. So maybe they wake up, they get dressed, they brush their teeth, then you sit down for breakfast. From there, you can set the first snack time about two or two and a half hours after breakfast is finished, not not after they've begun. So lunch will be scheduled another two to two and a half hours after that and do the same thing for an afternoon snack and dinner. So a sample feeding schedule for a toddler waking at 7 a.m. could look like this. They wake up, 7.30 a.m. they have breakfast, 10 a.m. there's a morning snack, 12.30 p.m. is lunch, 3 p.m as an afternoon snack, and then 5.30 p.m. is dinner. So use this framework as a starting point and then 
tweak the schedule based on your own child's needs and your own personal schedule. So maybe your daycare offers a morning snack at 10.30 a.m. and your toddler is way too hungry by then. So see if you can delay breakfast by another half an hour. Sometimes dinner won't be able to be had until maybe three or three and a half hours after the last snack. So what you can do is just shift your afternoon snack to a little bit later or maybe all meals can be pushed ahead by maybe 15 or 30 minutes. And in certain situations, maybe even two scheduled afternoon snacks are required if dinner's gonna be very late. And that's totally fine. Just keep things spaced apart enough that your toddler can come into a meal or snack truly hungry, but not hangry, right? Remember, we don't want them to be actually starving. So just do what works for you. Remember to base this off of logic, off of their true hunger cues, and offer more than one in-between meal snack only if it's actually needed because there's no other way of balancing the schedule better. Do not make offering snacks for emotional reasons or because your toddler demands a snack. That's my biggest tip for you. Now, bedtime snacks can be incorporated as it makes sense. So here's my spiel with bedtime snacks. If your toddler has had enough time to empty their belly before bed, so again, two to three hours between supper and bedtime, that's enough time for them to actually start to feel hungry again, then it makes sense to offer them a bedtime snack. The key here, though, is to make this decision come from you and to keep things consistent. So although there's always going to be exceptions, do your best to keep your decision to offer or to not offer a bedtime snack as consistent as possible, which means if you offer it one night, then you're going to offer it every single night. And that way, schedules in general will remain fairly consistent. Now, they're not going to be rigid. It's not like to the minute, the second the clock hits, you know, 7 p.m. or 7.30 p.m. or whatever time of day it is that you have to offer the food right at that time. But it's going to be around that time. You're going to try and stay as consistent as possible. So don't focus on the fact that, you know, You set snack time at 10.30 a.m., but it's 10.28, and so you just can't offer it two minutes early. That's not the point of this. You know, within 15 minutes or sometimes even 30 minutes based off of your toddler's cue, you can adjust it, again, based on logic and based on, you know, your schedule and based on what growth stage they're in. Um, You can set it before or after your original set feeding time. That's totally fine. But remember, the point of this is that schedules in general should remain fairly consistent. All right. Here's step number two. Explain to your toddler what is happening, what you're going to be doing, and be very consistent. So even if you think your toddler is too young to understand, you will be very surprised with how much they can actually pick up. And what they can't pick up through words, they will most definitely pick up through your actions. So you can explain to your toddler that from now on, the kitchen will be open at certain points throughout the day, and it's going to be closed at other times. The kitchen will open at snack times and meal times, and in between, just like a restaurant, it's going to be closed. So no food will be offered so that we can do other things at that time. You might need to explain this multiple times especially if they're still learning this new way and they're still testing boundaries because trust me this will happen they will test those boundaries it's very normal it's expected and it shows normal toddler development but the key is always staying consistent in your response and I mean it once you give in once it's going to be much harder to get back on track the second time around just like building up trust in any relationship actions speak louder than words actions speak loudest of all and we want our toddler to trust that we've got this feeding schedule down to a T we will always be ready to have a snack or a meal for them throughout the day at set times. We've got their back without them needing to ask about it. 
Now, when it comes to the words that you use, I suggest keeping it simple and concise. So when they ask for a snack outside of snack time, just say, the kitchen's closed now. When mealtime or snack time is over, tell your child that the kitchen is closed and it won't be open again until X o'clock. So remind your child of this before they make their final decision to even stop eating so that they can decide for themselves if they can last until the next scheduled time. That way, you are actually teaching your child to decide if and when they are full at mealtimes and to tune into their hunger and fullness cues. It will also eliminate the temptation for your child to forgo a meal simply because he or she would rather have a tastier snack option upon demand a half an hour or an hour later. This will take practice, but it won't take more than a few days when you're doing it consistently and with conviction. Sometimes toddlers can't understand the concept of time or how far away one hour is or what two o'clock might mean for snack time. So you can help them by relating it to the sequence of activities that they're going to be experiencing throughout the day. So for example, if they ask for a snack outside of an appropriate snack time, you can say to them, the kitchen is closed now, but it's going to be open again after reading time. Let's pull out our book now. So they can better understand this way that, okay, we're going to read first and then we will have a snack. It's not time to eat now. So they will start to learn this way that there is a time for everything, which brings me to my next point. The next step is step number three, keep a general routine to keep predictability high and tantrums at bay. So when I say a general routine, I'm talking not just with feeding but in general, all the activities that you plan out day to day. So when talking about managing literally anything to do with toddlers, I like to look at those with the most experience. And so I look at daycare centers and trained caregivers in childhood education. Like, don't you ever wonder how they do it all? Tons of kids all riled up with energy, yet they all participate in activities somehow. They all take their nap, they eat their food, and they greet you with a smile like when the day ends. Like, It's crazy. They don't have toddlers asking for snacks left, right, and center. There's no tantrums that they need to eat now or claims that they're starving in between meals. In fact, they don't even think about snacks until it's actually snack time. So how do they do it? Well, the key is in the routine schedule that they implement. In fact, this routine, this predictability in when food will be offered and this predictability in when everything else will take place is precisely the thing that will make your toddler less prone to tantrums. It's actually seen in all facets of toddler behavior. So there is a safety in the repetitiveness of having consistent times for snacks, art, play, naps, and lunchtime. Toddlers thrive off of this. So the more that they can predict their day, the easier their transitions from one activity to another becomes and the less likely they are to jump in and ask for things that don't coincide with the general schedule. So if you feel like your toddler has a really hard time with limits, with grazing all day, or with having no appetite at mealtimes, you know, with unpleasant meltdowns around transitioning to the table, then Try your take on implementing a routine schedule at home just like they do at daycares. So take a look at your schedule and see if you can create just a little bit more consistency to your routine. It doesn't always have to be perfect. It doesn't always have to be identical. And really, it shouldn't be identical every single day because you're probably going to go crazy. But 
by keeping at least the big things like feeding and nap times around the same time each day with maybe some type of outing or some type of indoor activity occurring between around the same times most days, then toddlers can begin to predict their day a lot easier. You don't have to time things down to the minute or make sure every day is the same again. That's missing the point. It's just to keep some general expectations like, okay, after my afternoon nap, I eat a snack and then I usually have some free play. Or I know that after we come back from our walks, mommy will always have lunch ready for me. So things like that, I promise, is going to really help with making those transitions a lot easier and avoiding those crazy meltdowns. Now, step number four is to make things visual to help your toddler out. So because toddlers are visual creatures, sometimes visually seeing an actual reminder of the things that we're talking about in this episode today will work wonders. So for example, actually seeing a a kitchen is closed sign makes the meaning so much more obvious to them. So that's why I've gone ahead and created a free downloadable sign that you can download straight from the link in the show notes today that you know you can hang on your fridge or anywhere visible in your kitchen that you can point to to reinforce the message that the kitchen is closed. It's also going to help prevent the unnecessary asking for snacks when they see the sign because if you're being firm and you're being consistent in your procedure around this, then anytime they know that sign is up, it's just not snack time and mom's not really going to give in anyway, so there's no point in asking. So in between meals and snacks, you would have this sign up. It says the kitchen is closed and then when it's snack or meal time, you can take the sign down just so that they can relate to the idea that now the kitchen is open and snacks will be made available. And another thing is because toddlers are visual creatures, if you have the ability to do this, capture your schedule or your routine activities in pictures. That's another trick that daycares use that works really well where you visually represent to your toddler what's coming up through the day, including a rough idea where meals and snacks will fit in so that you can help your toddler understand the sequence of events. So for example, you can create almost like a calendar with a sequence of events. Maybe you have a little image that represents, you know, getting dressed, another image that represents mealtime, another image that represents outdoor time, another image that represents reading or playtime or nap time or whatever it is. And now when your toddler might ask for a snack outside of a feeding time, you can say, sure, snack time is after reading. Let's pull out our book now. But this time you're pointing to the little schedule that you've created and can show them visually the order of events. So all of these tips you can put together, you can use a couple, you don't have to use them all, but I want you to just really get clear on the purpose of a feeding schedule. I really hope that this podcast episode helped outline that for you and I want you to start practicing it. It will take practice. It's not going to always be perfect. You know, from day one of starting this, it's going to take a little bit of time, not just for your toddler to adjust, but for you to adjust as well if you have not been doing this. But remember your why. Remember why you're doing this. Remember you're doing this because you love them, because you want to teach them good habits, and that you're actually creating a safe structure for them where they can have this predictability, this security. They know and can trust that you've got their back and you will always be ready for snacks and meals right when they need it. So if you found this episode to be helpful, I would love to know. Please 
subscribe to the podcast and then go ahead and leave a review, leave a rating. I hope it's five stars, but let me know that you're finding some value in these episodes and also your thoughts on the podcast in general. And if you guys have questions, you want to explore this topic a little bit more, maybe create a discussion with other parents, go ahead and join the My Little Eater Facebook group. You can, again, find the link for that in the show notes and connect with other parents, ask some questions and get some ideas on other parents' feeding schedules and what works for them. All right, until next time, have a great day, everyone.